0: All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to Colossians chapter 1, we're going to start a new series, come back tonight, and hear the rest of it, amen, the rest of the story, Paul Harvey, page 2, but uh, we're going to start this morning, and I'll probably go through next Sunday on this great topic, and that is the will of God, amen, wasn't that a great song, what stirs your heart, some quarterback throwing a touchdown, a good deal at the bargain barn or whatever, whatever. what stirs your heart? I'll tell you what, that tells you where your heart is. Amen? Where your heart is, there's where your treasure is. And that song ought to stir your heart. And there is no other name that matters like Jesus. Amen? Uh, this weekend, um, I was just thrilled that uh, uh, the little foster child that's in our family now, uh, Brother uh, Steph brought, brought up, and I was trying to teach him to say, Papa. And he finally said it just clear as day, Papa, that made my day, praise God. But I'll tell you what will make my day more is when he says Jesus, amen. And that's what our goal is, to see him praise the Lord and thank God for that. That's better than Papa, it, Jesus, amen, amen. Come on now, some of y'all smile, take your masks off and shout, but thank God. Hey, I'll tell you what, this mask wearing stuff, is paying off. Uh, I asked the doctor, I said, do I need to take a flu shot since I had this COVID? He said, no. Don't take the flu shot yet, just a little while later. I'm going to take the flu shot. But he said, we had not had any cases. I said, what? He said, we ain't had no cases of flu around here. I said, last year we was inundated by it, you know? So all this uh, unfriendliness, distance, mask wearing, it prevents the flu, praise God. Amen. So listen, amen. I just want to give you something to cheer up about. Y'all look. Some of you look like a mule looking at Newgate. Amen. We ought to be excited that we're healthy, wealthy, and maybe wise and we're here today, amen. And we don't have the flu or whatever, amen. And we got through what we got through, amen. There's some people uh, that are very, very sick you need to pray for. Uh, new Prospect had a husband and wife die on the same day, Friday. And I believe it was the pastor and his wife. Little Prospect's the name of the church. I said a long time ago I'd change the name of that church, amen. Ain't no little prospect about it, it's Big Prospect, amen. Uh, You know, it's like no hope Baptist Church, Amen. There is a lot of hopes, Amen. But I'll tell you something: there, uh, we need to pray for people, Amen. This, this is, this is real. This is not gone away yet. So don't let up, Amen. I know you don't want to hear it and tired of it. So am I. But praise God, we're going to go on, Amen. We're going to go on, try our best. And I just thank God I got through it. And uh, then the ceiling fell in this week. And so I had to remodel the kitchen. My wife's the most patient woman in the world. She's recovering from COVID, and I got plastic all over the place, sheetrock dust flying all over the place. But I quarantined her to another part of the house, amen? But I'll tell you, she's the most patient woman in the world to live with me. I'll tell you that right now. And speaking of that, I'm going to preach from her prayer uh, that she prayed over our children every day of their life. And I believe that's why they turned out so good and not like their daddy, but like her, amen? Turn to Colossians chapter 1, and she prayed this prayer over her over our children. Verse 9 through 14. Y'all been on couples retreats. Matter of fact, we're overbooked. We got a waiting list started for the couples retreat. I should have picked this bread, bed and breakfast a long time ago. I didn't, I've never had so many people sign up in my life. It's great. Let's pray we can have it. Amen. So I'm looking forward to it. But we got a waiting list. We even got one that's signed up. That's not married yet, but they're going to get married before April. (laughs) Amen. Two of them. Amen. Praise God. Two people. I ain't going to tell the other one because I'll embarrass him. He's got his mask on back there, but I ain't going to embarrass him. Amen. All right. Let's go with it. Amen. Verse 9 through 14. So we're getting people getting married just so they can go on the couples' treat. (laughs) Amen. Praise God. I'm for it. Amen. All right. Let's stand. Y'all look. You've been sitting too long. Great song, Miss Sarah. Daddy was proud on that one, amen. And I tell you what, Mama listened in by way of the media ministry. Um, Brother brother, uh, uh, Joel's in quarantine, so Brother Cody's got it all by himself. And so, Brother, can you handle it all back there? You all right? Okay, he says, all right, thumbs up. Okay, we're going to get you some help. You probably don't want any help. Amen. But anyway, look at verse 9. It says, for this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. Now I'm interested in that, aren't y'all? What's Paul praying about for this cause and what's he praying about without ceasing? Well, here it is. And to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. He said, I've been praying without ceasing that you will know God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Look at verse 10. That you might walk worthy of the Lord and all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. I you know the will of God. You ought to walk in it. This is a powerful prayer. That's what my dear wife prayed over my children while they were growing up in my house. Look at verse 11. Strengthen with all might according to His glorious power and to all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. Giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light who has delivered us from the power of darkness. There's a lot of darkness going on today, isn't it? It's sad. It's sad. Don't get me started on that. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for the good attendance. It sure has encouraged me, and I'll just be honest with you. I must be backslidden or something, because I wasn't expecting this many people here. But I thank you for each one. thank you for our visitors. pray that they'd feel right at home around the word of God and some friendly folks friendly as we can be. And Lord, I pray dear God that you'd help us to seek your will in 2021. God if you if we miss your will, we're missing life. If we miss the will of God, we can make some terrible, horrendous decisions that could affect not only our lives, but our children's lives and all this around us. God, help us to know your will and to be right in the middle of it. Lord, I thank you for your precious will. I thank you for the abundancy and sufficiency of your will. I thank you, dear God, that you get the glory and the praise when we're in your will, when we live in your will. God, help us not to miss it this year. God, it's sometimes hard not to get bitter when there's a man that thinks he's a woman in charge of our health in this nation. God, help us from perverting your will about humanity, about birth, about marriage, about what's what you say is the absolute will for man and woman on this earth. God, help us to know your will. And God, we know it's your will for people to be saved. I pray, God, you'd use the outreach of this church as never before to reach a lost and dying world that needs to go to heaven and not hell. needs to glorify God and not themselves. And so, Lord, please, Help us to realize you're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so, Lord, help us to know your will, to live in your will, and to enjoy your will. In Jesus' name, amen. How many know that you're in the perfect will of God this morning? Say amen. I believe it's the perfect will of God for you to be in church on Sunday morning. Say amen. And Sunday school. That's perfect will of God. Say, so show it to me in the Bible. Don't, don't get me started there, Hebrews 10, 25. It's a good start. but the will of God, the will of God. Paul's praying for this cause, pray praying without ceasing. I do not cease to pray for you. And I desire that you ought to be filled with the knowledge of his will all in all wisdom and spiritual understanding and to walk worthy, pleasing God. See, you'll never please God unless you're in the will of God. You'll never really know God until you're in the will of God. Uh, you'll never enjoy life until you're in the will of God. And you'll never glorify God unless you're in the will of will of God. And I want to tell you something, friend. There's a lot of people missing it. They're not in the will of God this morning. They haven't read their Bible this week. Hope you're in Genesis about 50. Amen. Hope that you're reading your Bible. Hope you read it through... Uh, And some Christians have never read their Bible through in one year or 20 years. That's an indictment against your Christianity. If you're a believer, you ought to believe every word and you ought to read it from kiver to kiver as the old mountaineer said. Amen. And you ought to enjoy it. And then if you get through Leviticus and other places where all those long names are, you ought to just get on through it. Amen. And just praise God for it. Ask Alexander Scorby how to pronounce all that stuff. Amen. 47 years ago, I can't believe I'm this old, Brother Daryl, but I am. 47 years ago today, I was, do, I was scared to death because I started my first day in full-time Christian ministry as a youth pastor of Gospel Baptist Temple in Claxton, Georgia. I gave up my business, gave up my career. My daddy and mother thought I was crazy because I had a degree in business administration. And I surrendered to be in full-time ministry. And they were in a storefront. They were in a convention center. And I went down to Claxton, Georgia and served down there for four years before I came here, trained under a great man of God the second two years. The first two years, the pastor murdered his wife and got away with it, had an affair with his secretary. I was I was there told me I could take the church after he left. I said, no, I don't want it. I'm going to go B-Y-E, bye. I'm I'm going to go, b. I said I was going to B-U-A, which is Baptist University of America, but I was really going B-Y-E. I'm out of here. I'm out of the ministry. I I, I just can't take this. I was so disheartened. And a man of God came on the scene named Paul Forsythe, who died about 10 years ago with a brain cancer at the age of 55, a tumor. And I miss my pastor very much, Paul Forsythe. He trained me for two years. All that was the will of God. And I want to tell you something, friend. I'm glad I didn't miss it. I'm glad I didn't get bitter and give up on the ministry. I'd never come to Dalton 43 years ago in a couple of weeks. Look over this city and pray over this city. never been to Dalton in my life and say, I'm going to start this church. I pray it's my last church I start because I ain't got the energy to start another one. Amen. I'll tell you this, friend. It's been a wonderful life. I hope it's not over. I feel like uh, sometimes we go through stuff like we've been through and we hear about all the cases and all the people that die, all the people that's in ICU and can't breathe, and you thank God for every breath. You thank God for every heartbeat. But I want to say this, friend, you're wasting God's breath and you're wasting God's heartbeat if you're not in the will of God. Amen. You ought to pray more about being in the will of God, staying in the will of God, and enjoying the will of God than anything you pray about. Paul said, I'm praying about it without ceasing. And number one, there's seven things here. And I'll go over that uh, in a couple of weeks that uh, Paul prayed for. That's what my wife prayed for our children to have. Know God's will to please God, to be fruitful, to grow, to live in God's strength, uh, to live a life of joy in spite of circumstances and problems. And folks, it takes a God's spirit to have joy in a time like this. Say amen. Don't watch the news too much or you'll lose it. Say amen right there. And then, of course, to develop a grateful heart. Grateful heart. Well, that's good attributes, isn't it? That's something to pray about. And I want to say this. It's the will of God that you be grateful. It's the will of God that you be spirit-filled. It's the will of God that you be fruitful. It's the will of God that you know God's will, enjoy God's will, walk in it, please God, and grow spiritually every day of your life. And so for the next few services, I want to preach on how to know the will of God and how to walk therein. When Paul got saved, Brother Bobby, he asked two quick questions, the greatest questions that any man could ever ask. Look at Acts chapter 9, verse 5 and 6. You'll see the two greatest questions that a man could ever ask. And right after he got saved, he asked these two questions. Acts chapter 9. Road to Damascus, you know the story. The light came on, not just on outside, but inside. And he was enlightened, and and he was filled with the Spirit of God, and he was, he was saved by the grace of God. But in verse 5, he said this. First, first, first thing, when he heard, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? That's conviction. He said to him, who art thou, Lord? Greatest question you can ever ask. Who is God and who is the Lord? May I make it very personal. Who's the, who's the Lord to you? And is he Lord? If He's not Lord of all. He's not Lord at all. And let me just say this. I'm going to say it clearly. God doesn't want just little dab of do you Christians. He don't want just um, Sunday only Christians. He wants you to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. And somebody backed me up on that. You ought to amen at home on that one. But I want to say, first of all, the greatest question is, who art thou? Then the second greatest question is found in verse 6. He said this, and he trembled and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? First question, who is God? Second question what would you have me to do? And so let me just say this real quick. It's more more important that you be a Christian than do Christianity. There's being and then doing. And folks, you'll never be who you need to be unless you know who God is. He's Lord. Can somebody say amen? He's a sovereign God that loves everybody. He's a God that makes no mistake. And he's a shepherd that will not lead you astray. He's a shepherd that will give you guidance in the time of darkness, in the time of... and I don't, want, I don't want to make a big point of this. And I shouldn't even uh, read the article yesterday about that secretary of health. But it's a, it's he's a, he's a guide that'll give you clarity in the time of perversion. Can you say amen right there? God help our nation. And what it's teaching the next generation is okay. No, it's not okay for a man to become a woman. And it's not okay for a woman to be a man. It's not even okay to think that way. Say amen. It's perversion. God created you in his image and God created you to be who you are. But God didn't create you to be who you are for your little old self. God created you for his will, for his pleasure. Revelation 4.11 says he created all things were and are created for his pleasure. Y'all can tell this is a series. I, ain't got, I hadn't even got to the first point. But I'm enjoying myself. Say amen. I hope you enjoy being here. Say amen. amen. Some of y'all to look like you enjoyed. Amen. You all to thank God for this is better than the best ball game in town. Amen. This is better than the best shopping experience you ever had. Because you're fixing to find some treasures in the Word of God. Say amen. Woo! I'm glad I'm here this morning. I'm glad I'm anywhere. At my age, forty-seven years ago, I started full-time. Minute that means I'm over the hill. God, I better make my funeral arrangements, Miss Connie. God, pick out my tombstone. That it flew by quicker than I thought. Amen. But thank God for life. Thank God for every day. I I enjoy this. I enjoy preaching. I enjoy being in church. I enjoy studying the word of God, and I enjoy seeing you. I didn't know if I was going to ever see you again with all this junk going on, this virus, this pandemic. But thank God we're getting back together, say amen. And I believe the brightest days are ahead for our church if we stay in the will of God. And his will is that we love him more than them, and we love souls more than we do ourselves and that we be the kind of church that glorifies God, and we're not here to have a party. We're here to impart the gospel to a lost and dying world and to support more missionaries and reach the world with the gospel. What a worldwide ministry we have. But it's God's ministry, and it's the will of God. In verse 4 and 5, he commends them for their faith and their love and their hope. And I know you're getting tired of hearing this. Wake up now. I know you're getting tired of hearing this, but he, that's what he commended in every epistle he wrote. And folks, our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. But folks, what have faith that his will's best? Come on, say amen. How many of you ever known somebody that's missing the will of God and they are miserable? And they make everybody miserable around them. And it costs a whole lot of money. And it's a big waste. Come on. Some of y'all got children just wasting their life. And their little old career and their self. That's all they live for, money. You didn't, treat, you didn't train them that way. They live for the self. Marriages are falling apart. Children are going astray. That's not the will of God, friend. The will of God is you'd have abundant life and have life more abundant and a life that pleases God and a life that glorifies God. And that's found in the will of God. Nothing outside of God's will pleases Him. The only way to walk worthy of the Lord, prayer request number three here, is to know and submit to the will of God. The only way to be fruitful is to know and obey God's will. John 15, you abide in him. His words abide in you. You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. How many love God answering your prayers? Well, outside the will of God, he won't even hear you. Psalm 66, 18 says, If you're guarding iniquity in your heart, he won't even hear you. So I believe this subject's pretty important because you need to pray for America, but you need to pray for your family, and you need to pray for your own self. And you're cut off if you're out of the will of God. You can't pray selfish prayers. But I'm gonna give you three kinds. Come on, Brother Cody, we're with it now. I'm gonna give you three kinds of the will of God. Number one, there's the sovereign will of God. God rules and God overrules. Say amen. That's the only thing keeping me going these days, Brother Gabe, because I know God can overrule this mess. And I said mess with a capital M. Come on. God's sovereign and his will is always done, but God allows God allows us to be free agents free will agents. God's called us to be human. Some people act and some people don't. But God allows rebellion. But God's working to make the kingdom of this world the kingdom of his his Lord. I want you to look at Revelation 11, verse 15 to explain what I just said. Revelation chapter 11, verse 15. I love series because I'm in no hurry. I don't mean I'm going to preach at 2 o'clock. You better thank God for a series around here. That means I'll take it up at 6 o'clock tonight. Revelation chapter, how many interested in this? Say amen. Uh, in, uh, excuse me. Revelation chapter 11, verse 5, 15. 15. I'll, I'll find that in just a minute. No, excuse me. I think that's Romans chapter 11, verse 15. Okay, let's turn there, Amen. I knew I was gonna make a mistake before the years out. Be the first one I made won't be the last. I mean look at Romans. And um, I checked it this morning about real early, but I might have checked I might have checked checked out. <clears throat> Romans chapter eleven, verse fifteen. Looks a lot like Revelation. Amen. The Bible says this. For the casting away of them to be reconciling the world that shall be receiving of them, but life from the dead. Folks, for it is the first fruits to be holy. To be holy. You know what the will of God is? For you to be like Jesus. The will of God is for you to be like Jesus. There's no other goal in your life that ought to supersede to be like Jesus. Look While you're in Romans chapter 11, look at verse 34. But you know, we can't always trace God. We must trust him. Amen. I'm going to show you tonight how you can discern the will of God about everything. Everything. Some of y'all got some very important decisions to make. Look at Romans chapter 11, verse 34. The Bible says this, For who hath known the mind of the Lord and who hath been his counselor? His ways... Isaiah 55.8 is above our ways. Folks, we don't understand some of the things that's happening in our lives. But I know this, God's still in control. Can somebody please nod your head at least? God's still in control. What gives me hope, Brother Alex, is that he's still on the throne. Even though I don't really agree with all the people that's on these little thrones especially when they pervert the gospel and they kill babies and they redefine marriage, that ain't God. And Folks, I want you to know this. We need to line up with God as a nation, one nation under God. so, So sometimes we don't understand the will of God but we need to obey it whether we understand it or not. Say amen. And so there's a sovereign will. I didn't understand a lot of things my mama told me to do, but I want to tell you something. I didn't wait around for explanations. Like why is a bad thing for a child to say to a parent? Can somebody say amen? Well, why do I need to do that? What do they always say? Because I told you to. And folks, they've been a long ways further down the road than you have, big buddy. And I want to tell you something. He's, they've had a whole lot more experience than you've had. And I want to tell you something. You ought to listen to your parents. Some of y'all's parents missed a chance. You ought to say amen. You want them to do your will, don't you? And Then I want you to know that um, there's scriptural will. This is so wonderful. Turn to Psalms 119. And I want you to look at verse 1. The longest book in the Bible is about the Bible. How many has memorized Psalms 119 lately? It's 176 verses, hallelujah. When you memorize it, let me know. You can become the pastor of this church. <laughs> I'll sit on the front row. But Psalms 119 verse one, please. The Bible says, blessed are the undefiled in, in, in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. There's a lot of defilement going on today. But I want to tell you something friend, you want to know God's will, here it is. Here's here's his will. This is his general will and you can know the personal will if you do this. But until you do this, you won't know the personal will of God. Come on. If you're not going to walk in the light God gives you, how in the world do you think he's going to give you any more light? And so folks, we see God's Standards are absolute. Amen. God's word is absolutely true. Can somebody back me up? God's word is inspired. God breathed. It's inerrant. It changes not. I'm talking about the King James Bible is the word of God to the English-speaking people, and you ought to read it, follow it, and believe it, and practice it. That's the will of God. But then there's something else, and that's the specific specific will of God. Let me read verse 35 of Psalms 119. It says, Make me to go in the path of thy commandments, for therein do I delight. That ought to be your prayer, friend. Oh, God, just help me to obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. And I want to say this, friend. You'll never be a spiritual leader until you're a spiritual follower. That's why we require something around here, and I've lost many members over this. I believe if you're going to be a leader in this church, you ought to be a faithful follower. You ought to attend services. You ought to tithe. You ought to have a separated life. You ought to be different. You say, why? Because we lead by example. Folks, listen, we don't just say, hey, do as the word of God does, but don't do what I'm doing. We say, listen, follow me as I follow Christ. 1 Corinthians 11 1. maybe it's 2 Corinthians, look it up later. So there's a definite personal will for you. God doesn't deal with people in masses. God deals with people as individuals. Aren't you glad? Look at Psalms 119.59. The Bible says, I, I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. Hear that? My ways. Your testimonies. He said, I thought about how I'm living and I looked in the word of God and I said, I'm not lining up. I think I'll line up. And I'll tell you something, it's the happiest day in your life is when you line up with the word of God. Not only when you're saved, but when you're sanctified. John 17, 17 says you're sanctified by the truth. Now what's that mean? It sets you apart. Doesn't make you holier than thou, just makes you holier... Like thou. And thank God, friend, you can live the life that God's personally called you to live. And living anything else is living beneath your privilege. God has privileged us to live in his will. Amen? If y'all don't start amen, I'm going to amen myself. That's embarrassing. God doesn't deal with people in congregations. There's a personal will for your life. You're special in the plan of God, in the mind of God. You're very special, and we saw that in Psalms 139 last couple of weeks about sanctity of life. God created you, and life began in the womb. Say amen. And he knew you in the womb. And he had a plan for you in the womb. Say amen. He knew all about you. He knew, that he knew my, my hair would start falling out when I was 30. I blamed it on the ministry, but I think it's jeans. Not blue jeans either. Jeans. We're just born to be bald. But you know something? Mar, uh, marble top furniture is pretty pretty good. Amen. Come on, say amen, brother Gabe. Accept <laughs> yourself. Accept the way God made. Some some people some people short, and they get all upset at God because they're short. You ought to thank God you're alive. Say amen. You ought to thank God there's advantages of being short. Look up to God. Amen. <laughs> I don't know. Some people say, well, I don't like the way God made me. Then you're shaking your fist at your creator. You ought to accept yourself. But God's got a pacific will for your life. Folks, it's a wonderful life. Folks, it's his ways for your life. You ought to rejoice in it. The will of God. And I want to tell you something. The most heartbreaking thing, Brother Randy, is people that are missing the will of God. They're miserable. They're more miserable than lost people. Because lost people don't know anybody. They're just lost. Lost people live lost. But saved people ought to live saved. Say amen, Brother Jack. You taught on that a little bit. We ought to react different. We ought to transact different. We ought to respond different. Well, this be different. And folks, it's the will of God. You can live, but hey, listen, the, 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 the antithesis of the will of God is my will. I will. He got the devil kicked out of heaven. I will exalt myself. I will make myself God. I will. Hey, Listen, I'm gonna tell you something. The devil is no fool. He's not gonna come to you and say, hey, do my will. You're gonna say, Satan, go back to hell where you belong. I ain't doing your will. But I'll tell you what he does. He comes to you and says, You ought to do your will. Hey, you ought to just do what you want to do. And listen, live by your little old feelings. When you don't feel like coming to church, don't come. You don't feel like reading your Bible, don't read it. Old devil whispers all the time, if you don't feel like witnessing, don't witness. Let the whole world go to hell. Just, you know, when you feel like it, say something. Well, you probably never will say anything because the soul winning is a spiritual experience that the flesh wars against. That's why that first visit is hard. But you got to do it anyway. Amen. I was out uh, yesterday trying to find somebody t- to witness to and had my address and had it all down. And that building was four apartments. There's no cars there, so I excused myself. So I ain't going to knock on any of them. Should have knocked on all four of them. But I found the fellow. God's sovereign will is that you be saved. Chosen for the foundation of the world. I'm thankful for that. I don't understand that. And then God has a scriptural will. uh, And folks, listen, that will is precious. It's special. And then not only do you have a scriptural will, but you have a personal will, a specific will. I believe it was the will of God that I, I work at the curb market, downtown Atlanta, Auburn Avenue. I'd be scared to death to work there now. No offense, brother. I know you work down there in Atlanta. But I want to say this, friend. I'll never forget the day Mary Ellen working at the fruit stand down, down there. I'm working at the meat stand for my, my, my uncle James, cousin James with Alfie. It's his birthday today. I wished him a happy birthday. Y'all wish him one. And I'll never forget... Mary Ellen wanted to set me up on a blind date because I was so shy I wouldn't get my own dates. I was so ugly nobody would date me. <laughs> but anyway, I was skinny. But there's no, nothing wrong with that. And I remember all day long I was selling the ham hocks and the chitlins. God help us. Anybody eat those things? And uh, all this stuff, and I was looking up the whole time at this beautiful lady Young lady, and she was serving collard greens. I thought as I was serving those, selling those ham hocks, that these ham hocks and those collard greens go good together. And boy, I was all excited. And that night, I had my first date with Connie Elizabeth Tinsley. She's sitting right back there, most patient woman in the world. Best pastor's wife you could ever have. I guarantee you that. I hadn't met any other pastor's wife, but I know she's a good one. She loves this place and loves you. And I think it was the perfect will of God that day that I meet Miss Connie. It took me four years, four years for her to propose to me. But we got, no, it took me four years to realize she was the one for me. We was on a mission trip in Jamaica when I finally got right with God and said, I think she's the one. Because we'd broke up on before that mission trip. Because I dated Miss Alana. And she dated me one time after she looked at me and got to know me. Said, I don't want nothing else to do with that guy. And I about lost Miss Connie. That wouldn't have been the will of God because of my ego <laughs> and my stupidity. So there's a definite will of God. It's wonderful. And, folks, I want to tell you something. God has a specific, special will for your life. And here I go. I'm just going to give you about six or seven minutes, and then we'll get with it tonight. But here's mistakes made about knowing and doing the will of God. Number one, people think the will of God is like a road map. It shows you where to start and where to finish. The will of God is not a road map. It's a relationship. Can somebody say amen? It's a relationship. A relationship with who? Your wife? No. Your husband? No. It's a relationship with God. God leads his dear children alone. And Brother Randy sang that special a couple Wednesday nights ago. The will of God is not a road map. It's a relationship. And I want to tell you something, friend. Paul's first question was the most important question. Lord, who are you? Why do we come to church? We want to know who God is. We want to get to know him. Folks, I want to tell you something. In the day and age we live in, in the confusion we live in, in the darkness we live in, the the, the, the devil's trying to low rate God as some manageable person and that you can live like you want to, act like you want to, marry who you want to, be who you want to. Kill babies and everything else if you want to. Folks, God's not manageable. He's to manage you. Amen? And when he's in control, it's wonderful. When he's over your life and he rules your life and your priorities and your choices and your decisions, it's wonderful. But the old devil And the flesh won't say, hey, don't go to that church. They got standards. Don't go to that church. They believe the Bible. Don't go to that church. You can't chew, dip, and do and all the other stuff that you can have fun with. Folks, sin is fun for a season, but it's not fun at the end. Say amen. Come on. Don't go to that church. They believe you ought to marry the opposite sex. Don't go to that church. They believe life begins at conception. Don't go to that church. They believe the Bible. Don't go to that church. They're saying you ought to not sin all the time. You ought to live for God and enjoy his presence. I'm glad God doesn't show the whole future. It's a relationship. It's day by day. I'll preach on that before this series is over. I promise you. Seven times in the word of God, it says day by day. And that's how to know the will of God. But I'll just be honest with you. If God had showed me all the heartaches, all the challenges, as a young man of 23 years of age, when I first got in the ministry 47 years ago, I'd have never got in. it Because I would have been scared to death. This is my first church. I never pastored before I came to Dalton. And I want to tell you something, if I'd have looked on down the 43 years I've been here, i had been scared to death. And then I'd seen the people leave here that I won to the Lord, their whole families, not even say bye. I would have been offended up front and said, I ain't going to do this. I can't do this. But I want to tell you what God's gracious about. He shows you one day at a time. <laughs> he gives you one more step. He gives, hey, say, stay one more Sunday. Preach one more message. Hey, Teach one more Sunday school lesson. Hey, read your Bible one more chapter. Sing praises to him one more time. And it's day by day. And I thank God. Some of you like the fellow that uh, out here in the parking lot one day said he was going to Chattanooga and he pointed his car towards Chattanooga and he says, when the light gets to Chattanooga, I'll move. No, you move with the light God provides for you. Come on. And some of us with these foggy lights It don't shine very far, but praise God, we know the road's still open. It's still clear. That's how God's will is. It's not a road map showing you first and last chapter, but praise God, it's a relationship, and he's saying, walk with me. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Give us this day our daily bread. This day I will yield to the Spirit of God day by day. I'm glad God doesn't show the whole life ahead of us. All of us would run for cover. <laughs> Amen. How about the children of Israel? Pillow of cloud by day and a pillow of fire by night. And those jokers wandered around for 40 years because they were so selfish. Hebrews chapter 11, I ain't got time to go there, but verse 8 uh, Abraham was commanded to go out and conquer a nation and break a new land. He didn't know when, where, how, or who. But God led him, and God blessed him. Number two, God is not a celestial killjoy. I like to preach this because I'm independent Baptist. Praise God. They think we're against everything. I, I drove up in the parking lot and heard Brother Blaine's stereo blaring in that little old car. I couldn't believe how loud he was playing that junk. But it wasn't junk. It was John R. Rice preaching. And I recognized it, didn't I? From across the park, I said, you're listening to John R. Rice. Great man of God. Put his glasses down like this. You know, and he would talk. I mean, he was a powerful prayer warrior. Powerful man of God. I used to hear him personally, in person. And folks, you know, one time they somebody came up to Brother John R. Rice and said, are you against? He said, yes before they even finish the sentence. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something, friend. The only reason we're separated is because we love Jesus. I'm gonna tell you something, friend. To turn from the world is to turn to him. Or if not, we're just glorified Mormons. Come on, say amen. I'm still glad I can drink iced tea, hallelujah. Some of you coffee drinkers, thank God. You ain't a Mormon. You can't do nothing to be a Mormon. They're working their way to salvation. They're working their way to some celestial heaven. God, help them. They're working their way to hell if they don't go through Jesus. Come on. It's not a bunch of do's and don'ts. It's to be with God. It's to be with him. And as you be with him and you fellowship with him, folks, the fellowship of this world is not attractive. See, the closer you get to God, the further away from the world you are. Amen. And the closer you get to God, the less space you have for the devil to get in between you and the flesh to get in between you and God. So draw nigh to God; He'll draw nigh to you. Resist the devil, and He'll flee. And that is the proper proper uh, order. Draw nigh to God. I want to tell you what the will of God is. You draw nigh to God. I want to tell you what the will of God is for you to know Him intimately. I'll tell you what the will of God is for you to pray and mean it and love it. You know what the will of God is for you to read your Bible. And I want to tell you something, friend. It's not joining the Marine Corps. It's not a have to. It becomes a want to say amen. Let me just give you some verses to close. Psalms 84, verse 11. Psalms 84, verse. Y'all getting anything out of this? You can tell it's a series, Amen. I'm never going to get through this, this, these six points, and this is six points out of about about twenty more points. Psalms 84. But all, all I want to do is point you to Jesus. I want you to enjoy your Christian life. Some people they come to church, they look like they've been baptized and them in persimmon juice, and their mother-in-laws moved in with them for three months. And Miss Susan Cox rebuked me last time I said that. That's how long I've, I've been scared to say it, brother Daryl. Your mother rebuked me, saying, don't you criticize us mother-in-laws. I said, okay, praise God. I ain't gonna do it again. But she's in heaven, so she don't care now. But look at this, Psalms 84, verse 11. I love that lady. Psalms 84, verse 11. Boy, I tell you what, it just struck me. There's been a lot of people that I've loved over the years that's gone on to be with Jesus. Boy, heaven's getting sweeter, isn't it? But thank God I believe the Lord's got a purpose for Whitville Baptist Church because those people got saved because of the gospel preached at this church. Think about old Larry. He'd be up there controlling everything right now. He's probably in the sound room of heaven right now trying to get everything adjusted. <laughs> Brother Cody almost said amen then, but anyway, Psalms 84 verse 11. He nodded his mask, that's good. It says, for the Lord is the sun and the shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. No good thing. Folks, I am going to tell you something. You're missing the joy of life if you don't have the will of God. James 1.17 says, every good and perfect gift comes from above. If you got anything good in your life, it's because of God. Come on, say amen. No, I worked for it, praise God. I chose her as my wife. No, I want to tell you something. You wouldn't have sense to get out of bed if it wasn't for God. And then you wouldn't know where the bathroom was if it wasn't for God. And You definitely wouldn't know how to cook a boiled egg and have some toast with some jam on it and some grits on the side. You'd just be lost. You wouldn't enjoy nothing. Anything you enjoyed, you'd spoil. Out of the will of God is a miserable lie. Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2, and I'll close. Here it is. I want you to see about the will of God for a second. Romans chapter 12. I'm still wondering where that verse is in Revelation. I'll find it tonight, amen. At least I can admit my mistake. Many times I've been preaching, i tried to get that verse to fit, and it didn't fit, Amen. Anyway, God help us. I want to be transparent today. Sometimes we type wrong. <laughs> but I don't want to walk wrong, do you? Amen. Romans 12. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. First thing I want to say is this. All because of Calvary, you ought to want to be in God's will. All because of God's love, you ought to, want to, you ought to desire the will of God. Hey, I want to say something for you all because of Calvary, you ought to want to be here and worship the living God. Folks, why don't people worship God that gave His only begotten Son for our life? Why don't we worship God who took our sin debt and paid it when we couldn't ever pay it? Why don't we have to go through the song service like it's some kind of s- s- sorry commercial and get it old with so I can get to the preaching? And then some people, they get... they they. Endure the preaching. What are you doing here? I enjoy this. Because he's good. Because he's been so good to us. He died for us. It says, that you, it says this, I beseech you therefore by the mercies of God that you present your body. Present. Present. Called to duty. Called to be a soldier of Jesus called to be his servant, called to be his ambassador, called to be his child, called to be one that cries in the wilderness, behold the Lamb of God. Look at this now. Present your body of what? A living sacrifice. You know what that means? A living dead thing. got to die to self. It's the greatest detriment to knowing the will of God is selfishness. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to do what feels good. But here's the description of the will of God now closed. She presents your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. Here it is now. That ye may prove what is that good. I said good. God is good. And acceptable, it's acceptable and perfect will of God. The Bible describes the will of God as good, acceptable, and even perfect. I don't know about you. Excuse the South Georgia terminology. I want to be slap dab in the middle of it. Amen. And the day, come on, Brother Bobby. And in the days that I'm not in the real, really in the middle of the will of God, I am the most miserable person on this earth. And so are you. And by the way, you make everybody else miserable around you. So don't ever think that you can be the husband or the wife or the daddy or the mama out of the will of God. Because you have no peace no joy, and no power out of the will of God. His will is good. Could I end with one more verse, Brother Jack? Psalm 16, verse 11. You've hammered that so much, you got me hammered. Every time he gets up to teach, there it goes again. Amen. But look at Psalm 16, 11. Just real quick, because when he read it this morning, the first phrase jumped off the page and hit my heart. About the will of God. Psalm 16, verse 11, and I close. About God's not a killjoy. God's will's not a celestial killjoy. Here it is Thou will show me the path of life. <laughs> what is that path? The Bible. Look at this. Well, you need preaching. Look at this verse. In thy presence is what? Fullness of joy. At thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. The will of God is not a road map and the will of God is not some celestial killjoy. It should be the joy of your life. Father, use this message. Thank you for the introduction anyway. God, I, th- I can't wait to the night. I'm counting the hours, counting the moments that I can be back with your people and we can continue this thought about the importance of knowing and living in the will of God. God, help us not to settle for selfish endeavors, not to settle for living for a career, not to settle for living for entertainment and Hollywood and all the things that come to our lives that we think are joyful or brings joy in our life. But God help us to settle for nothing less than the will of God for our life. God, may you be pleased with our life. May you bring fruit through our life. And God, may we be grateful for our life as this beautiful prayer prays in Colossians chapter 1. Lord, I pray that for my children. I pray it for my grandchildren. And I pray it for this wonderful church of people that have come here to seek you and to seek your face and to seek your will. God, if there's one that's not saved, I pray that they'll realize they're missing everything. They're going to miss heaven one day. And they'll have hell for the rest of their life. God, save them because it's your will. God, as we as Christians, may we live in such a way that we wet the appetite like salt that has flavor to a lost and disenchanted and disoriented and disillusioned world that's groping in the darkness for some satisfaction but only the will of God could bring that. May we be a testimony of how precious it is to know you and to walk with you day by day. With every head bowed and every eye closed, here's the invitation. Let me pray. You'll pray with me. And you need prayer for not only yourself, but somebody that's missing the will of God, but that you wouldn't miss it. And that you'd enjoy it in such a way and be so consistent and faithful in the will of God that it touches those hearts that you're so concerned about. And That's your prayer this morning. Would you slip your hand up real high for prayer? To know the will of God, to be in the will of God, to enjoy the will of God find the will of God. Some of you got to make some major decisions in the next few months. Better not make it without God's will. God's word. Have you said, preacher, I know I'm saved. If I died today, I know I'd go to heaven. And I thank God that I discovered the will of God is for me to turn to him. And I'm saved, saved, saved. And I'm so happy about it. Would you raise your hand as a happy testament to that? I mean, really saved Noah. I mean, glad of it. Say Amen. Is anybody that could not raise your hand and say, "Preacher, please pray for me"? We'll do that, because it's the will of God for you to be saved. Today is the day of salvation. Anyone? Father, thank you for the introduction of this series, and I pray, dear God, that we'd all grow through it. And God, as we see the Word of God, that we would uh, heed to it, yield to it. God, that we'd enjoy the will of God. I pray for each hand that was raised, that represented a heart that's broken for somebody that's missing the will of God. I can't imagine the burden some of these parents have their kids that are missing the will of God. Friends, relatives, maybe a daddy or mother out of the will of God. God used these Christians as a testimony that your will is enough and that walking with you supersedes anything this world could ever offer. And we'll praise you for using them for your glory. In Jesus' name.